Welcome to the Wild Soulcast. I'm your host, Anna Kinkela. This is a sacred space where we hold deep conversations on spirituality, conscious leadership, feminism, creativity, and how to more meaningfully and intentionally nurture connection within ourselves and with others. Welcome to episode 17 of the Wild Soulcast. This is your host, Anna Kinkela, and I am so excited to release this first episode of 2019. Wherever you are and whatever you're up to, I hope that you're having a beautiful start to the year. And if you're not, I hope that you are sitting with whatever is rising to the surface because we are in eclipse season. So some shadow parts might be coming up and it's such a good time to witness and learn from those parts of yourself to truly expand and honor whatever is rising to the surface. For me, historically, January has been more of a slow kind of month, more of a mellow month, sometimes more of a depressed month. And this year it's been really energetic. And so I'm sitting in the space of just reflecting on, you know, what's coming to the surface, what's different this year and how I can really take all of this energy, all of this creative juice and really propel it into my business and into what I'm putting out into the world. Hence, this first episode of 2019 is going to be one where we are really diving into what does it mean to lead from a space of belonging and why belonging and becoming is such a crucial center point of our leadership journey And how that belonging and becoming truly sends ripples out into every area of our life, including our business, our relationships, whether they be with other people, with ourselves, or the relationship that we have to different things in our life, like money, like our dreams and aspirations, every little thing that we think about that we do that we don't do we have a relationship with right so what I'm going to be diving into is really talking about what does it mean to belong why is it something that we crave so much and how can we achieve it without being dependent on external circumstances meaning other people to fulfill our need to belong And how that's really interwoven with our own becoming, with our own reclaiming, with our own expansion and growth, and why that also relates so much to how much we can expand in our own business and in any area that we're really looking to grow into in this new year. A couple of months ago, I was reading an article online And honestly, I can't remember where the article was from, but one of the pieces that I remember that still sticks in my mind 
is they were talking about, you know, the top, I don't know, 10 or 15 struggles that people are, people are having, what people are really struggling with. And the top struggle that people had was feeling lonely. This really stood out to me. And I wasn't necessarily surprised, but I think it just really highlighted and brought to the surface the core of a lot of the things that we struggle with. And, you know, I think there's a lot of conversation around how many of us are depressed, how many of us are anxious. And, you know, there's a lot of things out there in the world that are being created to solve our problems in a quick way in a step-by-step process, in a formula, right? That if you do these and these things, you're going to be happy. If you buy this product, then you're going to feel joy or you're going to feel contentment. And so it's this very commercialized way of approaching our own well-being. And meanwhile, you know, we spend a ton of time watching TV. We spend a ton of time on our phones and we're more connected than we've ever been through social media and all of these other forms of connection through virtual spaces. However, we come back to this piece about, you know, people are really struggling with loneliness. So even though you can pick up your phone and text and connect with people on Instagram and chat with them, we feel this internal sense of longing for something deeper. I'm by no means the first person to mention this, but, you know, there's a lot of conversation around our devices are connecting us more than ever before, but they're also not helping us create depth of connection. And so there's a little bit of a conundrum, a little bit of a catch-22 that we have this ability to talk to people all over the world and create communities and connections that go outside of our immediate neighborhood, which can be extremely powerful. However, what's also true is that we're not able to truly go deep with people. We're not able to develop relationships with others that that really feel like they nourish us. And, you know, in terms of like my friends, the people that I talk to, I know that one of the number one biggest struggles is actually finding community and, you know, meeting other people who are like-minded and having the kind of depth of connection that you used to have with like your best friends when you were in elementary or middle or high school. That as you get older, there's this trend where, you know, it gets harder and harder to actually develop significant and meaningful relationships with other people. So, you know, all of this is really connected to that feeling of loneliness. And as human beings, we are wired for sure to be in communities, right? To flourish in communities. And so, when we start to talk about what does it really mean to belong, I'm actually going to encourage us to look at belonging in a couple of different ways. One of the ways is how can we truly deepen in belonging within community, right? So in relationship to other people. 
And then the other level is how can we deepen in belonging within ourselves? How can we truly understand and embrace and nourish all parts of ourselves? And then the third level is how can we find belonging in our ancestral roots and our ancestral wisdom and how that actually really contributes to a important form of belonging that I think a lot of people in this world are missing because we've lost touch with our history. So I want to start talking about these different levels and talk about the importance of why we need to tune into all of these levels and then how to really do that in our lives. And I believe that once we do, once we do look at our belonging on these different levels, once we engage in the deeper work in order to you know, feel this and deepen in this and participate in this, that our sense of loneliness won't be as present, that our connection will increase, and that we'll also be able to create a world that is much more intentional, conscious, and heart-centered, and that really recognizes the interdependence that we all have on each other. The place I really want to start the conversation is talking about how to find belonging within the self and what that actually means. Because ultimately, however you are being with yourself, however you are leading yourself is translating out energetically and practically into your external world. So we're going to start there and then work our way out. When you think of belonging to yourself, I want you to just tune into briefly what that means to you. What would that actually feel like for you to belong to yourself? What would change for you in how you approach things in your life and business if you were to feel true belonging? The reason I ask this is because often we think about leadership in terms of like conquering to-do lists or, you know, just kind of reaching a level of success or accomplishment. In other words, being in the energy of doing, doing things, finding, you know, a sense of success and accomplishment or external validation from other people that what you're doing is good versus to me, what leadership is really about is actually the being of all of it. Because your success and your accomplishment is really based on how you feel about yourself at any given moment. You can always be chasing something. You can always be doing something, but never actually being where you are right now and finding true contentment and happiness and joy in the moment that you are living. And so when we talk about like happiness, when we talk about like all of these beautiful things that we want to have, it's not something that you get to in 10 years when you accomplish this big goal that you've wanted to accomplish. It's happening right now in this moment if you choose it. 
And so the leadership of belonging has as much to do with how you view yourself and then how you experience the present moment, how you live in the present moment, how you belong to the here and now versus giving your power away to the future or to the past. And so, you know, when I think about like, what does it mean for me to belong to myself? For me, it means that I honor all parts of myself, all the parts that you know, even I have a hard time with that I think that other people don't like or that I don't like about myself. First and foremost, belonging to myself means being able to sit with all parts of myself and be able to look at them and talk to them and be with them and be able to honor their role in my life. It doesn't mean that I'm going to love all of them. It doesn't mean that I'm going to start like being excited about having that part. But it does mean that I can honor the space that it's held in my life, the way that it's helped me cope with different things in my life since I was a child, right? When maybe I didn't have any other resources to do something different. And so your anger, your anxiety, Right? All of the emotions that are uncomfortable in some way, your fear, all of that has played a role and has protected you in some way. And part of belonging is learning how to be with the uncomfortable spaces and then learning to give compassion to the parts of you that don't feel good. And I promise you that in that space, what you're going to find is actually this really deep inner wisdom about not just why that part is there, but it's going to reveal a part of you that's actually super important for who you are becoming. As I've worked with clients and led them through these experiences within themselves, one of the things that's been continually revealed in that process is that there's a deeper nugget of wisdom to be learned from the parts of ourselves that we reject. And those deeper nuggets of wisdom lead you into the next step, the next evolvement of where you are going, where you need to go, where you actually desire to go. And that's not something that you can get from a book. That's not something that you can cognitively and rationally access. We are so used to putting ourselves into compartments. In other words, you know, am I an accountant? Am I a lawyer? Am I a therapist? Am I, you know, an artist? Whatever that is. That we actually fail to embrace our own uniqueness. And so when we're not doing well in our business, when we're frustrated in our career, when we're looking for our purpose, the key is not to rationally try to understand your purpose. The key is actually to go into deeper relationship with yourself and be able to open yourself up to compassionately witnessing everything that's within you so that you can receive the answers. Belonging to yourself 
gives you access to deep inner wisdom, to universal wisdom, to wild soul speak, right? To to that thing that humans sometimes think is outside of them, but is actually inside of them. It's the wisdom of your past lives. It's the wisdom of your soul. It's the wisdom of your ancestors. All of that is within you. And belonging to ourselves, therefore, really starts with meeting all parts of ourselves and learning what those parts are all about, what they're there to teach us, and actually be able to receive that information from a compassionate viewpoint instead of a pushing away energy. And most of us, because they were programmed to push away the uncomfortable, to avoid the uncomfortable, especially in our culture where, you know, we have the TV, we have our phone, we have alcohol, we have drugs, you know, we have whatever it is that helps to distract us. We do everything to push ourselves away. And the practice always needs to be, how do I come closer to myself? How do I deepen within myself? How do I truly belong here in my body, in my home. How do you know when you belong? For me, I know I belong when I feel comfortable, when I feel seen, when I feel heard and witnessed and held and honored. That is to me what belonging is. And I haven't met very many human beings, I won't say any, but very many human beings who truly feel that way within themselves. And I think as human beings in general, in the culture that we live in, we are really taught to ignore the uncomfortable and we're taught to run towards all of the positivity and try to wash ourselves in positivity and just feeling good. And meanwhile, the part that we're actually missing is that we can actually access feeling good from a place of being open to belonging within ourselves. That can make us feel good even in the uncomfortable because both can be true. You don't have to just feel good and have like this euphoric feeling about every moment of your life, but you can feel okay in the moment that you're in. It can feel painful, but it can also feel good at the same time because you're witnessing, you're honoring, you're holding yourself. And that is some powerful, powerful medicine. So I think on a practical level, one of the things that, you know, each one of us can do as we grow in our leadership is notice the times when we are avoiding, right? When we're procrastinating, when we're tuning out and watching TV or, you know, drinking a lot or just doing any of those avoidance behaviors. So it's good to list all of your avoidance behaviors to just be aware of them. Look at every day And really notice how your activities are divided, what you're doing every day. And really bring the lens of intentionality to 
look at those behaviors, to look at those actions and where they come from. It's not necessarily bad to watch TV, but it also depends on what energy it's being done in, what you're watching, how much time you're spending doing it, right? And what else happened during that day? And really start to kind of track, you know, when I'm having a down day, when I'm not feeling myself, maybe I tend to zone out in front of the TV, or maybe I tend to like drink a bottle of wine or, you know, or I smoke a ton of marijuana, like whatever it is, and then become more intentional about reclaiming that space for yourself. Instead of doing avoiding, can you ask yourself what your body needs right now, what your mind needs right now? what your soul needs right now, and then give yourself that. So allow it to come from a place of nurturing instead of tuning out. How can you engage yourself more? How can you nurture yourself more? So instead of watching a TV, maybe it's like going and taking a bath and just nurturing your body and letting your you know, body feel your love and your nourishment. Or maybe it's about going into meditation And doing some kind of active meditation where you're really shifting the energy in your body. Maybe it's taking a dance break. Maybe it's reading a poem or listening to a podcast, right? It can look a lot of different ways. And the way that you determine what way is right for you is by asking yourself, what do I need right now? What does my body need? And I've talked about this on other shows that I've posted on here. So if you, you know, want more in detail information about this, I would go to shadow work and you or the inner critic and you, those are really good podcasts to refer back to on how I actually engage with some of my uncomfortable parts and how I help my clients do that. But the other part is when you've really looked at the ways that you're avoiding the ways that Um, you're really stepping away from yourself instead of coming closer to yourself, then another part of that journey is really actively, intentionally, and mindfully looking at those parts, turning towards your parts instead of away from them. So certainly do things that are nourishing for yourself instead of numbing to you, but then take it a step further and look at the part of you that's avoiding. Look at the voice that's showing up in your head and allow yourself to separate from that voice. And this is the number one thing that humans do, that my clients do, that everybody struggles with and that we all have to practice is learning the difference between our ego speak and our soul speak and recognizing that we are not the thought that we are having. On one hand, we are if we're acting from that thought and if we're fully immersed in believing in that thought. But if we allow ourselves to actually step away and recognize that it is only a thought, then we start to get our power back. We start to recognize, oh, this is a story that's evolving in my mind right now. And it might feel like a true story, right? It might feel true. You might believe it. You might feel that. And it doesn't mean that it's absolute truth. It doesn't mean that it's something that has to be true forever for me, right? So 
that's that's a part of belonging is learning how to step away from the messages that our ego sends to us, that our expectations, our inner critic sends to us, and stepping on the outside to observe them. And so that's definitely a practice that you can hone in through meditation because meditation is all about that. And it's also a practice that you can hone in by allowing yourself to tap into the the soul within you, right? The limitlessness within you. And that is often, for me, a deeper level of meditation. So it takes me into you know, my, my consciousness in space, it takes me into this feeling in my body that I am drifting in space. It's really like accessing the portal through the third eye and feeling what it feels like to be embodied in your soul. That's an experience that you can give to yourself that takes you outside of even the conscious understanding of what it means to separate yourself from what you're thinking and takes you into experiencing the infinite possibility, the infinite wisdom that is within you. And so I'm very much a coach that is all about the experiencing piece because I know for people who are very much in their heads and have trouble accessing their body, it's really hard to shift anything on a long-term basis from the perspective of just the mind and rationally talking yourself into something. Because most of the women that I work with know a lot of information. We know what we're supposed to be thinking. We know what we should be thinking. But the trouble is always like, I can't really deepen in that. I can't embody what I know I'm supposed to be thinking. There's a struggle there. And so it's all about the experiencing piece, experiencing yourself, experiencing your soul, experiencing that belonging. So one level of belonging is, yes, turning towards all of your parts and developing relationship with those parts that you feel like are uncomfortable that you reject. But then it's also actually about finding belonging within your soul, developing a relationship with your intuition, with that part of you that is limitless, that isn't confined to what the human mind puts boundaries on or expectations on. So really become intentional about stepping outside of that vicious cycle where you get stuck in your head and you don't know how to drop into your body or access the limitlessness that's within you. And it's all about practicing. It's all about really embedding things into your everyday that help you to tune into those parts of yourself so that you become really intentional and conscious of how you are being. So over time, all of these ways that you build relationship within yourself and build relationship with your soul, create the container for finding that belonging within yourself. And that's when you really start to shift out of seeking approval from others and seeking validation and really living from the shoulds, from the rules, and really tuning into your own energy 
your own desires, your own wants, and claiming that and walking towards that with consistent action. And to be clear, we are all living from some level of rules, some level of shoulds, and we are all avoiding to some degree. There's always more growth to be had, right? We never arrive at perfect belonging. And that in and of itself, like this quest for perfectionism, this quest to be quote unquote ready, to be in control, for it to be the perfect time and place for X to happen, for you to do this, is a story that we tell ourselves in order to avoid, in order to avoid the action step because we're scared. Because, you know, all of this fear is rising to the surface and it can be really debilitating. So, you know, there is no perfect belonging within yourself, but there is a type of belonging that actually allows you to create space for yourself, that allows you to honor yourself, and that most of the time allows you to tap into your power and act from a place of power and not give away your power to others or to parts of your mind that are wanting to control what you're doing, like your inner critic, like your fear, right? Like your anxiety. And I often talk about this analogy of, you know, there's, there's the bus, right? The bus that drives our life and our business. And on that bus are seated all of these different parts of ourselves, including our ego mind, as well as our soul or wildness. And at any given moment, a part of our consciousness is in the front seat, driving our life and business bus, really shifting the way that we see what is available to us, what we see within ourselves. And, you know, part of our practice the practice of, you know, what it means to live in a human body is to recognize what part of you is in the driver's seat and do the most that you can to tap into your soul, into your limitlessness and put that part of you in the driver's seat. So you can coexist with all of these emotions. You don't have to push them away. You don't have to reject them. In fact, don't do that, but you don't have to live through them. You don't have to allow them to control your actions and control that the way that you are seeing your life and being in your life, right? We can coexist with something without it taking over. And so the practices about shifting into our wildness and allowing that part of ourselves to drive the bus while still acknowledging that there's fear, that there's anger, that there's anxiety, or whatever other parts are showing up in that space. On an external level, as we are in relationship to others, it's about looking at, you know, am I truly honoring my boundaries? Am I respecting what is being illuminated within me, what my needs are? And am I giving away 
the things that I truly know are good for me, the things that I know I want for myself, the ways that I want to be in the world, the ways that I want others to honor me? Am I giving that away in order to people please? In order to make someone feel good instead of making myself feel good? Am I saying yes to things when I truly don't feel the yes in my body? And am I saying no to things when I truly feel that they are a no in my body? Do you need to say yes more in order to open yourself up to possibilities and opportunities? Or do you need to say no more in order to create more energetic space for yourself? Right, And so these are all things that we get to grapple with when it comes to belonging, because belonging is really deeply interlinked with our own ability to trust what's within us, to trust our inner compass versus us acting from the shoulds and us acting from people-pleasing. I like to call myself a recovering people-pleaser because it's always a work in progress, right? It's something that's been wired into me definitely as a woman and just individually within my own experiences and so it's something that I always have to ask myself I always have to ask myself the question of am I people pleasing am I doing this because I want this other person to like me or am I doing this because it's important for me it's important for what I'm creating who I'm becoming Right now, I want to transition into talking about the leadership of belonging as it relates to our ancestors and how this is really deeply connected with our own belonging within ourselves and also how it's situated within this recognition of being a part of a longer line of belonging that spans generations, that spans centuries, and really being able to situate ourselves, the individual, within a larger context, within a larger energetic context. Western culture, and, you know, maybe I'm even more specifically talking about American culture, has really washed away our uniqueness, the diversity of the places that we come from, the cultures we belong to. And um, that's largely because of structures of oppression like racism, xenophobia, right? All of this stuff that we're seeing in the world right now as it relates to immigrants being pushed out and really reclaiming this kind of like extreme nationalism of what it means to be American. And all of that is so toxic, right? It separates people. It separates us from one another. And it really pushes away all of our identities from our ancestral roots, from where we came from. Because no one in America, except for Native American people are actually from here, right? Like we're all from all over the world. And 
America is largely a country of immigrants. So there's this continual washing away of our history, of our ancestral belonging in order to fit into what it means to be American, what it means to fit into the dominant narrative of being an American. So there was actually this commercial that I saw a while back. It was for, you know, one of those companies like Ancestry.com that put a group of people into a room and, you know, took, you know, tests to show where their ancestry came from. And, you know, these people were of all different races. Um, They were of all different religions. They were both men and women. You know, there was a lot of diversity in the group. And some of them weren't, you know, American citizens. Some of them were immigrants. And so they put all of these people into the same group and really talked about, you know, what do you think are your differences, right? And then they did the tests and they found out that a lot of these people came from completely different places than they would have otherwise identified themselves with. So people who had ancestry in countries where some of these immigrants that they were sitting in the room with in the moment were actually from. And it just drove home this point that we all may look different from the outside, right? We all might have these identities that we've carried because we've been raised in America or we've been raised in a certain culture, but we're all actually so much more closely interlinked than what is visible on the surface. And what kind of disservice do we do to ourselves when we don't actually recognize our deeper ancestral roots and who we truly come from, where we come from. The more you know about your ancestry, the more that you can actually tap into this energetic line of wisdom that already exists in your body, right? I'm a huge believer that, you know, our past lives, our ancestral generational pieces that we've inherited all rest in our body. They're imprinted in our body. And, you know, something that's happening in our lives, like an an energetic or mindset block that we're having, sometimes doesn't even actually belong to us. Oftentimes, it's something that has been passed down generationally. And it's not something that we actually consciously tune into until we start to consciously learn about that energetic line. And A big part of the belonging is learning those stories. There's so much richness in the stories. And I'm not just talking about your immediate family. I'm talking about generationally back. Like, where did people live? Where did they start off? Who were they? What did they do? You know, what were some of the things that historically were happening at that time that your ancestors were grappling with? This has even even been proven by science, right, that generational trauma is passed on in our bodies and that inevitably a lot of the time when we're actually healing ourselves we're healing our generational line we're healing our ancestors and that is so so powerful and so inevitably a piece of our belonging to ourselves actually comes from that ancestral line and knowing what that is 
in addition, you know, a lot of the spiritual practices that we have, a lot of the things that we practice in our day to day has actually been, you know, taken from other cultures. And this is something that's being talked about now more in mainstream media that never used to be. So this is a good thing that we're opening dialogue about it. But how are we appropriating different cultures and really doing a disservice, stealing other people's cultures and practices without tapping into our own and, you know, adapting our spiritual practice to honor the roots that we came from? So when it comes to belonging, how much more belonging would you feel within if you were tapping into the energetic line of your ancestors and their practices, spiritual or otherwise? How much more would you feel a deep honoring within yourself if you were practicing the same things that your ancestors were practicing a century ago? How would that change you? How would that connect you deeper? That's so powerful. I mean, I've used this analogy before in the podcast, but I want to bring it up again right now. If we think of ourselves as trees, there's an entire book about this, about trees, and it's beautiful. But if we think about ourselves as trees, right, that have roots and that have branches that are extending out and, you know, every tree belongs to this larger network of trees and we all depend on each other. We all nurture each other. If you think about your own roots and how deep those go, if you could feel all the way down to the deepest root in the earth that you reach into, so the deepest root of your own ancestry, how much more stable and grounded would you be? The deeper the recognition of your roots, the deeper you reach into the earth, the more stable and grounded you are in who you are. So that's really the whole point, right? We're, we're unraveling into a deepening of who we are with all of our parts and also with all of the things that come with the energy of the ancestors that came before us. And so personally, this is kind of my next area of growth. I've done a lot of my own deep internal work, but now I'm really working on deepening in my own ancestral knowledge and family knowledge and learning what practices they lived by and learning what they struggled with and also becoming aware of whether that's energetically showing up in my present life. And there's actually so much wealth of knowledge that we can access here Um, I don't do ancestral work myself, um, only in an energetic capacity and maybe creating rituals for my clients to help them sever ties with some of the things that they've inherited rather than what's coming up for them individually. However, there are so many amazing people out there doing this work and really doing energetic healing surrounding ancestral parts and also reclaiming your ancestral roots that I think is so worthwhile tapping into. But, you know, the how of how you do this work is, well, A, seek out practitioners that really specifically focus on that and B, ask your family 
ask questions. You know, I it's something that I did very early on was really talk to my grandmother about her stories and where her family came from and her struggles. And it really helped me to tap into a wisdom that was living in her that I wouldn't have had access to if I didn't open up that conversation. So it's about talking to family members that are alive. And, you know, it's about doing your own research. You know, if you know that your family came from, you know, somewhere in Europe and from this particular place in Europe, then maybe doing some research on that particular region and seeing what shows up and what kind of spiritual practices they engaged in. What were some of the mystical stories, the goddesses that they had in their tradition? So those are all such beautiful and important ways of reclaiming. And there's no, you know, formula of going about it other than just following your curiosity and deepening in your knowledge of that energetic line that you exist in. So the leadership of belonging for me is really learning how to actually deepen our roots, reclaim the depth of our roots, to go as far as we can go into the center of the earth and really fully claim all that we are so that we feel really stable and grounded within ourselves. It's about reclaiming our stories. And also as we're talking about, you know, going to the center of the earth, it's also reclaiming our belonging to nature and everything that nature embeds within our physical bodies, the wisdom that lies there and how we move with the cycles and the rhythms of nature itself. I consider nature to be part of each one of our ancestral roots because when you go back all the way, we actually just come from nature. And we're intrinsically interconnected with nature. And I talk about this in some of my other podcast episodes. But really, you know, I do believe that we all have ancestry somewhere in nature. That there's an iteration of ourselves that once was nature. Like direct nature. The nature that we see every day. And... As human beings, we tend to separate ourselves quite a bit from nature. We disrespect nature. And in that way, we disrespect the divine feminine. And a lot of our belonging actually has to root back into the earth, root back into nature and where we truly come from. I consider myself a child of the ocean and a child of the trees. And that might be really woo-woo for some people, But for me, it's just something that I feel in my body, something that is validated every time I stand and touch a tree or every time my body is immersed in water is something that I deeply know in my bones. And so I encourage you to really connect with different aspects of nature and to really see how you react in different environments and different landscapes how your body opens up or how your body closes and tenses. And that's how you can reclaim some of the ancestral lineage that comes from nature itself. 
Another beautiful way to do that work is to also align yourself with the cycles of the moon, with the full moon and with the new moon. And, you know, I think definitely in our modern culture, this has become something that's more acceptable, something that people do more and more. But that's just another way that we can help our bodies and our souls tune into the natural rhythm of everything that's around us. It's also about tuning into what changes for you in your leadership as you go from one season and enter into another. How do you change? What shifts can you discern in that space? What's happening within your body? What's happening in the way that you think about things? There's there's such nuance, you know, in the transition in seasons as well as in each season individually that all factors into how we lead ourselves and how we lead others. It's all so intrinsically connected. And once you tap into that, you become innately more powerful by recognizing those rhythms, by honoring those roots, and by feeling into the belonging that goes beyond just yourself and your physical body, but that reaches back into your lineage and the origin of everything, which is nature and the earth. And when you deepen within yourself in this way, that's when you also start to connect with the wisdom of how we are all interlinked with one another. And so I think most spiritual people that I've worked with, that I've talked to, have this awareness, right, that we're all interconnected, that we're part of this universal consciousness. And that's a beautiful thing. And it's great to know. But another thing is to actually feel that connection. Feel the heartbeat of your neighbor as you do the heartbeat in your own chest, right? One of the reasons that I think that there's so much violence, there's so much hurt in the world is that we are always separating ourselves from one another. And I'm not talking about like saying you're black and I'm white, you're gay and I'm straight, right? Those identities. I'm talking about actually denying our uniqueness, denying the ways that society perceives that we are different and how that denial actually pushes other people away. So what I'm talking about here, an example of that is, you know, when white people tell people of color that they're making a big deal out of things that they see happen that are racist, when they bring up racism in their communities and white spiritual people come into the space and say, you know, you're not preaching love, you're not preaching connection to one another, And the reality is, is the more that we actually negate that those horrible things are happening, that oppression is happening in the world and how it's happening, the more that we're actually creating distance from one another. Because when you're negating and rejecting someone's pain, someone's lived experience, which you have no idea of because you don't live in their physical body, that's what creates the separation. So deepening in community with others is actually about 
recognizing pain, standing in solidarity when you have more privilege than them, and then walking forward with them in support as an ally, as someone who's able to sit in their privilege and dismantle the oppressor that is within them. And we all have an oppressor within us. This is part of doing the deeper work. And it's part of finding belonging with one another. That's part of removing the obstacles that stand between us truly deeply knowing and being with one another. We're all socialized. Whether we consciously recognize that or not, we're all socialized with the identities that we were born in. And if you're someone who has more privilege, you've been socialized to have certain biases, right? And certain ways of looking at the world and certain assumptions about what you are able to do and therefore what other people are able to do. And so when it comes to belonging with one another and deepening in community with one another, the work really has to start there, right? The work has to start with, you know, how can we be more together with people who don't look the same on the outside, but who I know that I'm interconnected with, like we all are on that spiritual level. And it's always important to be rooted in, you know, spiritually, yes, we're all interconnected. We're part of this universal consciousness and the human body that we live in definitely determines what is available to us. And that's not to say that we can't shift and change out of that, but that's just to say that there's certain realities that people have to face depending on what privileges they have in life. There's so much division in our world, and I think it's part of why we feel so lonely. We stay in our comfort zones. We sometimes just focus on the surface level interactions and connections because it's easier, because it doesn't take as much energy or effort. And it's much easier to interact with people that look like you right? But it takes more conscious effort and more conscious dismantling within ourselves to truly form connections and alliances with people who are outside of our communities, but who offer such depth and wisdom that because of our own experiences and how those differ, we don't have access to. So I really do see this connection between the fact that we feel lonely and the fact that we're we're having such a hard time connecting across race, class, gender, all of that. How much more rich would our connections be if we really created space for true inclusion and diversity and just the depth of everything that our experiences carry. I mean, I think it would absolutely shift and change the whole world if we were intentional about that work. So I hope that you can kind of observe how all of this is interconnected with one another and 
how ultimately loneliness and this piece that so many people struggle with is both something that we can heal within ourselves. In other words, if we can belong to ourselves more deeply, more profoundly, more intentionally, we won't feel that need to always look externally from us to receive what we need. And at the same time, how much that inquiry within us, how much that deepening within us can actually help us to sit with the discomfort of some of the shadow parts that arise and how our ability to sit in that discomfort can actually deepen our relationship with other people and can actually affirm and honor the fact that we're also interconnected with one another because we're able to witness each other in our pain. We're able to hold and then help one another move forward towards the light and in a more positive direction. The leadership of belonging is so powerful when we choose to deepen in it, when we truly choose to go below the surface and hold our depths in a nurturing, compassionate way. And I feel like it is the key to our individual liberation and our collective liberation. That's where freedom is. Thank you for tuning into this week's podcast on the leadership of belonging. I hope that you gained value from what we talked about and it gave you some action steps, some places to start. And if you are enjoying the podcast, please do leave us a written review. It helps other people find us more easily. Thank you so much for being here and I will see you next time.